I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Tim Flowers, when it came to reggae, everything. Unbelievable. Oh no way. Unbelievable. Incredible. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well wherever you are in the world. Today we're going to talk a bit about the Premier League title race. Briefly look ahead to Arsenal versus Liverpool. My trip to New York, New York, they are so good they named it twice. And they're going to give flowers, some personal flowers, to my son Bradley on his retirement from football. And my guests are Mr. Ryan Hun and Musa Akwanga. How are you gentlemen? Very well, very well. Hanging in there. How are you? Um... Because I done a school run this morning, I have to tell you guys, and I had to. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's really strange because with with Lowland Roxanne at the moment, with, with the, where they are, with everything that's going on, you're treading a fine line. With everything you say now, is probably going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. With what's going on, right, with the Ukraine stuff. We was listening to some music, then the news came on, and then the Ukraine came on, and it's like I don't know, maybe it's a higher force, and it was talking about people having to just up and leave everything, what they know. And I turned the radio off and I said, did you hear what that's, ha- that's happening now to 12-year-olds? Now, 12-year-olds like you who are in their comfortable place, their dad works, their mum works, they have had to leave everything they know. I said, you know what? I don't, I don't care that that's heavy because that's it, right? That's the realness. And I don't want to go too deep on it, but it's, mm. people have to understand it. This is happening and this is what people are having to deal with with their kids right now. And so right I, I hope, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know because it's been bothering me because I don't know if I went heavy. But it's, it's what's happening. What do you do? Can I say this actually? Yeah. I don't have children of my own, but um, I've, I've got a godson in Brussels and I'm also close to like his, uh. his sister. I knew they'd be worrying about it because they're super sensitive, right? Um, and they're mm. always conscious of the news. They're very, very young. I think one's 10 and one's eight. They're very, very young, but they're super smart mm. and they're always clued yeah. up on stuff. And I think that my point is when talking about this, it's always like honor the fact that they are young, but they're smart enough to know that something's wrong and just give them the context, give them the context. And so when it's like, I think there is something to be said for saying, obviously we're not living in an environment like that, 
But if we're going to think about things like Ukraine and talk about them, if we're going to feel something, let's at least have a sense of what these people are experiencing Going, compared to yeah. us. If there's a time to be serious, yeah. let, let's get real, I would say. But that's the thing. That's the thing with it though, Moose and, and Rye, is being a parent, and like you've rightly said there, Moose, they know it's there. It's, you know, they, they can feel it. But like, um, it can come at any stage. And I, 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 honestly, I just, I just, I just, it's something I can't stop thinking about. So it's nice to be able to, 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 to share it with you guys simply because it's a safe space for me to be able to speak about it without worrying. Can I say one thing and actually? Sorry to throw this in. The, that might be us yeah. one day, In Let's not kid ourselves. We might be bombed out of our houses. Mm. We might have to leave our houses because of flooding. It could happen to us. Exactly. Yeah. The only difference between being a refugee and not is luck. Exactly right. Luck. Like I say, before they came out of the car, mm. I said, you know, we've we just got to be, we've got to be thankful. Yeah, man. That's the lesson, isn't it? Gratitude. That's the lesson. Just be thankful, girls. Let's be thankful. Did anyone feel the disturbance in the force when Kai Havertz controlled and finished? That <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> the new number nine in the world was I born. I knew it though. But I'm I knew telling, this was coming. I didn't know. I didn't see that coming. I He's saw it. Fucking I've amazing! Been, I've been saying it. I've been saying. It. I've always believed it. I always believed it. Look at Musa doing his Kevin it, fucking Keegan. I, I'm telling you, I'd love it. I always. Do you know? I always. Do you know? I always said this. Do you know? I said. This, I always believed because because. A forward, people often think a finishing is everything that defines a forward. It's not, it's the movement. Oh God. And he's the most elusive forward of his generation, right? He's the most elusive. Like Kai Havertz has the ability, this, this dude is huge. Mm. There's a header he scores. Was it against Burnley? The man vanishes, Ian. <laughs> the moment before the cross comes in, Kai Havertz is there. Then you look again, the ball's in the air it's and he's vanished. gone. And then he's headed it. And you're like, how is a man that big vanished? And he does this all the time. He did against Real Madrid in the, um, mm. the semis last year countless times. I think he gets a ball off the bar that Werner scores. The mm. man just drops into space all around. And someone said to me, what's his best position? I think actually he is an elite nine or he's becoming one, but my favourite position for Kai Havertz is actually either side of a front man, only because I think a player that good should have as many touches as possible. And I think when yeah. he's that high In up, that area of the field. In when that, he's that yeah. high up, you waste him. Yeah. But he is the player that um, took almost loves in the forward line. Can I say, so, can I say when, like I was watching Jamie in that yesterday and it, to be honest, Jamie, he noticed it very well, but we, we watched it as well on, on Saturday because I'd done my, my analysis on him. His movement with, with Jorginho's pass, the, 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 the time and space he had to control and finish that. When you look at the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper from the time Jorginho crosses that ball to him, the goalkeeper's set his kind of like, his position, you can see it. He does not move. He needs, and I've said it on this podcast so many times, he needs a bad touch for him to then spring into action. And if you watch it again, everybody, watch as, as that ball goes into Kai Havertz and he touches and finishes the goal, he doesn't move at all from the time the ball goes from Jorginho to the back of the net. He doesn't move because the touch and finish was, it, it's like, it's worldly. It's from another world. Mm. It's amazing. It's, I, watched, it's, I went to watch him live in his like last Leverkusen game, second to last Leverkusen game in the league. And they played Hertha in Berlin. And I just watched him for like 25 minutes, like just yeah. him, like player cam. He was never not in five yards of space for 25 minutes. He's the only man mm. to become invisible on a player cam. <laughs> exactly. He invisible. He got one of those Harry Potter cloaks, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, I, I just love that he's getting his props because he's, sorry, he's such an unconventional yeah. player. When you first yes. see him, right? He's a G. And he's, you know, he loves, he's got his donkeys as well. What do you mean? 
He adopted a load of donkeys. Oh, Kai. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about New York, New York? On tour. Uh, can I just... Didn't even tell us he was going. <laughs> right on tour. Wow. wow. This is concrete dreams, bro. Concrete dreams. You think you know, you think you know people, they just bounce. Oh. We had to find out from the gram. We had to find out from the gram yeah. that you were there. <laughs> Did you get roped into any uh, softball games in Central Park again? No, yeah. not this time. But you know, so I didn't actually really get out too much because it was, it was freezing, man. It was, was it? freezing. I had to go and do stuff, then come back. Jet laggy kind of vibe was going on, but like I didn't do much walking around, but the walking around that I did do was, it's, mm. it's just New York, wasn't it? It's just New York. But can I just say, um, it, to experience what we, to, what, what they done out there, um, Premier Why League. Why were you there? Like for people well, who I was, I was there with, I was there for Barclays and, and the Premier League. Um, it's like this kind of like Great Britain, which, you know, what's great about Great Britain and going over there and, and we're kind of like exporting what's great about Great Britain and obviously Premier League and stuff. Mm. So we, so I'm over there like talking about the Premier League and what it brings and, and what they done was they kind of built a stand, like 400 people. The screen was the size of a, a house. It was just a massive side of a house. And, you know, they, they got pies, especially because they don't do pies there, right? So the pies, were, so they got a company, they sourced the company and they made pies, you know, curry and like chicken, chicken and balty pies and vegetable pies, and steak and kidney pies and Boddington's beer. Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. oh. <laughs> it was Listen. so cool. What, they were serving Boddington's? Uh, they were serving Boddington's. And Did it someone was like, go like, do you remember the Mel Sykes advert? Do you want a flake in that, love? Do you want a flake in that? <laughs> Legendary. You know what was really good? It was like, I'll tell you what, what how, how I felt. It was like, like, if I went to a game here, especially with those two teams, Man United and Spurs here in that scenario with that kind of like in that same place, it would be a nightmare. It'd be anxious. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how the reaction of especially Spurs fans and United fans, you don't know what's going to happen because when they're together, when they're, when they're on mass together, the fans, they get tribal and they say stuff and it starts to make you feel anxious. This place was, it was being in utopia in respects of football. You know what, the Spurs fans, I, cu I couldn't believe it. I said, this was, at any stage, there's going to be a camera and they're going to say, ah, we're only joking, you wank. <laughs> and the Man United fans, my God, they were so, the both sets of fans were so complimentary about what they've seen us. Honestly, Stadio and Wrighty's house was getting your love, guys. I'm not even oh, joking. Wow. We got so much. Can you tell me who this? Can you tell Ryan that? Stadio, can you tell that? It was like, oh my God, it just actually made you feel like these people, man, I love these people. They, oh, they, they can't get enough. They cannot get enough oh, in respect so of love and analysis and just talking. I was talking to like Man United fans about what they, 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 they're confused with what's going on, but they love it and they can't wait. They were singing the songs. So there was, the songs were in the stadium. <laughs> the songs when they, 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 they waited, you can hear it go quiet for a bit. So the song, whatever they were singing in the stadium, they started singing on mass over there. Oh, wow. It was, they That's went wild. crazy when Ronaldo scored. They went crazy. Then the Tottenham fans came in and started singing, I win the Spurs. <laughs> like, like Americans singing. It was like the atmosphere was amazing. It was, it was so like, cool. I'm not even joking. It's, uh, that's something, if, I could, if they said, right, Ian, that's what we want you to go and do around the country doing that just being amongst that. And I was with Michael Carrick, who's really cool. Michael's cool. Oh, lovely. Oh, you know lovely. what I mean? Michael's really cool. Legend. And, and you know what's really good and unbelievable? Because I'm sitting next to Michael watching it. And remember, Michael's had these players 
So Recently. I like yeah. So months I ago. To, yeah, I was I was really careful about like what what he what he was what I'd say about like Fred and this and that. But Fred had a, a really good game. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And what you're saying about the players like that, like that, or all the players were tell us. You know, you can hear him saying, "Oh, brilliant!" And then you say, "Fred," he says. He said to me, "Fred," he said. I said, "He's Fred's having a really." He said, "He's one of the nicest. He's one of the nicest lads you'll ever meet." They absolutely wow. adore him in the dressing room. They adore him. He's such a great lad, and he's he, he was happy that Fred was having a good game because he's saying, "Oh, look at Fred. He's brilliant." You could see he, he felt for the players. He felt for them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it was nice. It was nice to see and. I wouldn't say like with Cristiano Ronaldo, um, I was trying, you know, when you're trying to see if there's any vibe, right? So I was saying, oh, Ronaldo, man, look, it's just. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's not from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but That's Michael fine. said, it, 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 my, it, he actually said, no, 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 this is a game, probably gets a couple in this game. I couldn't believe it. He said, probably gets a couple in this game. If, the, if he stays where he can stay and just stay in there. He, he, he probably gets a couple in this game. This game's made for him. Can I say this? No, I, I, want, I would love to hear that man talk about football more. Oh, Every time so I hear good. him, do you know that when Paul Pogba Get scored the two in the derby? Oh yeah, my God. Man. You know, when Paul Pogba scored two in the derby against Man City mm. in the 3-2 mm. and he came out afterwards and said, told him about the runs that Carrick had told him to make. And both, both goals came from like the kind of late run into the box mm. and Carrick was like, you need to do that. I honestly think that man's brain, like that man's football yeah. brain is so... That's what you said about Pogba. So he said, understated. It's unbelievable. Get yeah. in there more. It's, it's like what you just said, what you said about Kai, about playing in that position where off of somebody or just up in that third because you want Pogba's, the Pogba's and Kai Avarts of this world, you want them in that area yeah. on the ball. You, and he said, that's all Pogba's, that's what he's got to do. We know what he can do and he's got all the skills, he's got, can do everything. But Pogba should be getting himself in those areas more often, much if I've more ever often. Seen, if, I've ever, if I've ever seen a player that really needed consistent coaching at a pivotal point of his career, it was Paul Pogba, it's, actually. It, yeah. Because I think mm. Pogba has got so far, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, Pogba has got so far on like, on hard work and natural talent, but the final aspect of it, like, you know, the, the execution, the efficiency, all of that, where you just need someone to just drill that out. Like the other day I said, like, you know, two touch Neymar is my favourite Neymar, Right. See, when Neymar has been mm. in situations where he just has to play two touch and he just like rocks everything. I honestly think Pogba is like that. Yeah. 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 Name, two, Neymar. Two, three touch. Two, three it's touch. funny because- um, You take everyone out. Mm-hmm. One of the guys has done a brilliant podcast. Louis Miguel, bro. Big up, Louis. Man gave me an intro. That, I, as soon as he gave me the intro, I was buzzed. I was ready to go. Bam. I would have spoke to him for He's two so hours hype, straight. He? He's oh so my hype. God. He hyped me up, bro. I was ready to go. And- he was. He asked me about play. He'd like to play with now, and I, straight off the top of my head, I said Neymar, and it would be that Neymar, Musa, the two touch Neymar, because that that Neymar you cannot get near. You cannot get near him. It's only when he keeps hold of it, and it's the same mm. with Pogba. When Pogba's in certain areas, when he's taking more than two touches, he looks like a totally different player because you get near him, and he can as much as Pogba can twist out and do some stuff. It, he doesn't seem like the same Pogba. He can feel a bit gangly and a bit Bambi, baby Bambi kind of vibe. And it's the same with when you get amongst Neymar. Neymar feels like, that's when he starts rolling about and falling over and all that sort of stuff. But when he's doing that two-touch stuff, Jesus, it's, it's that's amazing. What, that's what, that's it's what Zidane, I've been watching a lot of Zidane recently, a lot of Zidane highlights. Um, and Zidane made a comment about this. Zidane said, always keep the ball moving. Two touches, three maximum. Bam, bam, even yeah. t- 
victory is too much. And that's it. That's why Zidane was so desperate to get Pogba because he saw a role for, as we call, and this is going to be like a thing, isn't it? Like two touch Pogba, it's going to be a thing. Like two touch He Pogba. saw a role for that, that version of, that variant, that version of Pogba. That was the one that opens defences in a way that like the natural heir to Kroos, for example. Mm-hmm. You that know something, Alexia, Alexia Patelis, right? Watching her in that Arnold Clark Cup, for young players, watching how a great player plays. If you watch Alexia Patelis, just like the greats, like Zidane, you know, Perlo, you, you can't get near them simply because they keep it so simple. It's mm. effortless. Yes. It's effortless what they do. You know what? I'm not even going to, I'm not putting him in that class yet because I feel that he's, he's still got a w- way to go. But watching Martin Erdegaard the other day for Arsenal, and it's, I cannot yeah. wait. We're going to speak about the, the Liverpool game later. Zip boop. Zip boop. <laughs> <laughs> that was his little drag back flick, wasn't it? Watching how he played and his little movement and oh my goodness. the fact that you cannot get near him. You can't get near him. And no. we're talking about somebody who's very slight. He's not got the physicality to be in and amongst it. I remember I've spoken about Foden the same. Watched Foden as well yesterday. We'll speak about it. And in being in that position where he was, he was amongst it. It didn't happen for him. It's too physical in where he had to be. Watching Erdogan put, put himself into places where you can't get near him, so you have to leave him. And he just gets on with it. He's another, you watch him in isolation. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's like watch. a David Silver thing. He keeps it simple. It's like a David unbelievable. Silver thing. Unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah, it's an unbelievable thing. Like just quickly on the game last night, did you see mm. the game? Yes. yes. I, I was so excited about that game for a nil-nil because what was great about it is that Man City could do no more. They could do no more. But at the same right. time, I think Palace, because we're dealing with margins, you're not going to get much. You have to be more ruthless with anything you get. Yeah, they had a anything. couple of good chances, though. Yeah, yeah. You saw against Chelsea, same thing. Same mm. thing with Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. They have those chances and they create limited opportunities. But and Michael Elisa, can I just say, oh. this is, this is a play. that drag? Pep is looking at that guy going, ooh. <laughs> I can t- tell. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, you know Pep is like, he's you know, cut, people, he's at the age where you can start looking. He's at you know, the age you know, where like, you can start You know, on Twitter sometimes when you see Pep's a really like, good meme and someone just collects the meme and goes, I'm taking that. Pep is like that with midfielders. Pep is like, I'll take that. Yeah. Yes, I'll take that midfielder. That's getting ready. He's just because Nom. I, I Nom. saw, yes. you know, I, I thought that yesterday, um, to be honest, I thought yesterday, at least say, um, Again, it, it, it didn't do as much as you'd want him to do and you wouldn't mm. expect him to because Manchester City are predominantly going to keep the ball for long periods of time. But the touch, what he'd done when the ball came across and he went to, he didn't even control it, it came straight over to him and he rolled it. The defender flew past him, but he couldn't, <laughs> he, he, it was just like, you know, the, the defender thought that he was going to hit it first time and he'd done that thing where he rolled his foot over the top of the ball. The defender was just, Gone. <laughs> and I was just saying, that's all I need to see. He doesn't need to do any more in this game for me. And probably Pep will see that and see that as well, because when you look at where he was, the caliber of players playing against and the audacity to do a skill like that, where people say, let me get this under control. He just went, roll his foot over it and then just couldn't quite get out his feet to get the shot in. But I'm telling you something He's now. going big, by the way. Sorry. He's oh going big. man. Absolutely, Moose. Absolutely. And whatever's happening now, hopefully he'll, they will stay together. Will, Will Fazar, all of them stay together. Mm. Patrick adds a bit more. He has to try and sign Conor Gallagher. He has to try and do something about that situation. Because mm. if he adds, if he bolts a couple more things onto Palace and then they get ruthless, they are going 
to cause havoc in this yes. league. They don't need yeah, much man. more. That's the thing. They don't. Like, like I say, when I watch them against Chelsea, I keep mentioning this game, but it blew me away how well Elise is just the centre of that um, as the playmaker. Like, And he's it's the Sadio Mane thing. You know, like when, when a player is brilliant against top teams all the time, mm. you're like, that guy's going to be three years from now, four years from now, he'll be on, everyone will be talking about him. What got me about Palace was, it's just all they were missing was a finisher. Like yes. literally, uh, and with a yes. finisher, you're breaking into like, you can look at sort of top eight territory with Easily the right kind Palace. of finisher. Easily yeah. for Palace. With what, the the feel, way they're playing. Yeah. 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 I I feel that, um, I think that they need to sort out for me the, the right back situation. I know Joel Ward is injured at the moment. He's just coming back, but they do need to, to solidify that side. And mm. I feel that um, the, the centre half, Anderson and Gahey, as time goes by, I think they're going to need another, something more, maybe a bit more experience there, a bit more experience and quality. I think Tariq Mitchell's perfect. Remember, they've still got Eze, who's he's, he's oh got to get goodness. back and get himself going. So you look at Palace yesterday, like you see Pep doing these kind of like, they weren't trying to win, they were just trying to stop us. You know, which yeah, I mean, they're eleventh in the table. So, like, <laughs> how else are you going to try and stop them other than making sure you got your banks? You do a low block and then hope you've got the players on um, offensively that can break them because that's how you break City. Yeah, but the reason Pep says that is because he can't say what he really thinks, which is he cannot believe they haven't shaken off Liverpool and they're still gaining in the rearview mirror. That's what is really frustrating yeah. him if you think mm -hmm. about it. Because, look, they could have scored Bernardo Silva, put the one narrowly wide. I don't know how he put that wide from Grealish yes. square. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Do you think Greenish hit that too hard? Because, yeah, but Moose, I, I was watching that. And yeah. when it replayed Moose, I think that, um, I, I don't think Greenish was trying to do anything other than get it in there to, to him. And you have to get it past the goalie. So you have to put it with a certain pace. You have to get it past maybe the defender who might be coming back. But at the same time, you've got to get it in a place where he can slide and get it in. I, I feel like the pass was... It might have been a bit too hard. But do you know he's why saying, it was too he's hard? Saying right, either if anything, he's hit that too hard. He's hit that too well. <laughs> no, it's too well. <laughs> but do you know what I think I he think did? Because so. see the positions he was taking up throughout that game in the mm. final third, especially second half, he was pulling away, and he was not forcing the ball through the gaps because he wasn't hitting with enough urgency or he wasn't moving. So when he hit that hard, he was like, at least it was getting through the gap. Because that's what he done. Palace, yeah, that's why I think he hit it that hard. I was thinking because it's like it was like a cumulative. Sometimes when you see a player do a certain thing in a match, where you're like, they've done too much of that. Mm. Go back and look at the previous like five ten minutes of how they've played and their frustrations. You're like, oh, he's just trying to be like, at least if I hit it this hard, the gap won't close in time. Because yeah, there was a bit of that. Pass. Yes, yeah, there was. There was a bit of there was a bit yeah. of that um, in and around the but box. But can I can I say as well, the, the the elephant the elephant in the room is. The striker, they needed somebody who's there. They, they need that city at some. I'm sorry. So let's just fucking not ignore the fact that they, what was it? I think they had 17 opportunities and they didn't score. You know, it's we're getting to the crux end of the season. And you look at Liverpool, right? If I'm a Liverpool player watching that game yesterday, that would have been brilliant to watch. Fantastic to watch because now that game's finished, I'm like that. Here we go, baby. I'm ready. Stop banging the table. I can't help it, man. That's because that's what I, that's what I done last night. I was saying, oh my gosh, if I'm a Liverpool player now, I'm so hyped right now for for the Arsenal game, which has made me frightened. Simply because I know that You're Liverpool. Frightened. I have to I'm be worried. frightened because I'm worried. Li I'm, I'm, not worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I can't. I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. Arsenal, Arsenal could come off the back of a seven nil win and face, yeah. I don't know, someone that they are unbeaten against in twenty five years, and right, be like, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm worried. worried. 
Listen, anything uh, anything apart from a loss is a is a win for Arsenal. With a Liverpool team coming to the Emirates, knowing that a win takes them to the place where they need to be against City, because then City will be watching that, saying, "Oh God, they're here." Yeah, or the the thing for Arsenal as well. Say, for example, if they lose in the way that they did to City at home, where everyone was just like, "Whoa, we were really in this." Mm. and we didn't get absolutely hammered which we usually do yeah. the important thing for Arsenal is tonight right that when this goes out this is going out Wednesday mm. morning mm. is to not derail the momentum or the vibe around the place because yeah. Liverpool will obviously have seen that result they've got essentially the title in their own hands now yes yes however mm-hmm. I do think that Arsenal are better equipped to absorb the threats that Liverpool pose than they were even, you know, before Christmas. Much better, mm. much better. Arsenal have a different energy now. We've got a different energy, but like I want it to... Arsenal need to watch the first half of the game against Man City and move with that energy. That will, that will tear anybody open. Well, hopefully. But like they I play say, like that. Liverpool- and the way that Saka's combining with Odegaard now, can I say... Yeah, it's... Oh, actually yeah. on that, I meant to say this on Stadio, but you know how you get dribblers? There are some people who are dribblers, right? Yes. Martinelli isn't a dribbler. He's a gallivanter. <laughs> wow I love that I love that do you know what I mean I love it yes there's a, there's a big difference a big I don't know difference. where I'm going but I know it's going to be good when I get it's there it's going to be good <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure is Salah fit even if he's not fit you know, he's got the other four you know it's Luis Jota Mane maybe Firmino that's the thing about really, Liverpool if someone's not fit and they just replace so him with someone it's like it's like those movies like they're everywhere they're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the thing is right you listen I was listening to Carragher last night and it and Gary Neville, what, what, what they were saying is right. Man City last night don't win that game simply because they haven't got the firepower from like Liverpool have. It's as simple as that. They, they keep the ball and they, they can break a team down and they'll, 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 they'll beat you to a pulp and then you could still probably, you get a draw out of them. Liverpool win that game. Musa said a number of times, I think, on Stadio that it's not, Manchester City don't miss a striker every single game. It's not integral to them to, you know, uh, it's not integral to them for like 80% of the games they play in a season. Mm. But there will be like the deep stages of the Champions League when the difference is... Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, is, is that exactly that. Like, do, does a team need a striker? Well, not yet. And actually, as it turned yeah, out, but actually, found, yeah, but Moose, in, this, in these moments, in these moments... Well, exactly. Like, well, this these is, games, yeah. like Rice said... Yeah. They need one for that, for last night, because yes, they went, went for Harry Kane. Harry Kane scores in that game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Harry, Harry Kane, if he's okay. playing for City, scores in that game. So Probably you look twice. at that and they've recognized, yeah, twice. they've recognized that yeah. they can get by. They can get by because of the quality they've got, but there's times where they know we need a striker. And, and it's this stage of the season because teams are going to do what they've done to, to, to City, like, you know they're gonna they're gonna be deep they're gonna be deep block they're gonna try and catch them on the break. Pep's gonna say yeah the pitch wasn't great. You know what I mean? It's all those things are starting to happen now. And at the end of the day, it's because he hasn't got the clinical guy to to make that game one nil get back on the fucking bus. Exactly. But they had goals on the bench though. They had goals on the bench. They had Raheem Sterling on the bench. Gabriel Jesus yeah. who. Mm-hmm you know, can still be used as just a, a nine if you want him to. He's not a, absolutely elite, but he is there. He has done that before. Man City didn't make a single change. The rhythm of chance creation was good and he trusted the system. The True. way that Cit- City were creating chances in the right fashion, they just weren't finishing. Bernardo Silva scores that one. It's 1-0, then it's done. 
That's the mm. thing. Like they were making Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling scores that. That's what Raheem he, Sterling does he, now. He does. Scores he does. But is he, but is he giving Pep in the built? If Raheem Sterling's on the pitch, let's say you take out Bernardo and put in Raheem Sterling, for example, and jig things around. Does Raheem Sterling, in the way that Pep is playing, give you the combination play that gives you the chance in that area? And that's what Pep is probably thinking. That's that's prop, that, that's that's my I suppose that's my defense of his decision not to bring someone on. Look, I'm I'm with you. Look, here's the thing about strikers. I'm I'm like my view is always like you cannot enter a theater without a surgeon present. <laughs> what you you can't you can't like watching you know watching Bradley Wright Phillips actually watching your son play, and it's interesting. The one thing I like about his goal scoring the most is save this. Well, no, because we're a multiverse. This we, podcast is a multiverse. You know, we, we can, can walk between you know, worlds. Like, like Ghostbusters, we can stream it into we cross the one. St- we, 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 walk between, we walk between kill. worlds, Ryan. Spoken like a man who does not have to write the episode copy and include time codes. And include <laughs> time codes. <laughs> just do all at once. It's fine. Don't worry about we're it. We're just taking Ryan's ability for granted. That's the equivalent of a meat eater ordering a meat pizza with a vegetarian ordering a vegetarian pizza and just going, I'll oh, stick them in the same box, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The that's uni pizza. That's a brilliant analogy. I love it. That's, that's exactly it. There we go. Nothing's wasted. I completely agree with you, Ian, on the need for that that ruthless finisher. I think there's a couple of problems. The first is there aren't that many ruthless finishers in the game who can play to Team City's level, who can integrate themselves into the sort of build-up play and also be the finisher. The way that Pep's designed that team. So if you have a ruthless finisher in a team, it's almost like a waste of a player. I mean, look at, look at Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero is there and he's scoring mm. goals for fun. Pep turns up and goes, you need to do more. And Sergio Aguero is mm. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the greatest minute per minute goal scorer like the Premier League's ever seen. Mm. Yeah. So that's, Pep's almost created that problem for himself. Pep maybe doesn't fully understand like the chaotic nature of what it takes to be a striker at that, at that level. That's why he struggled with Etu at first and then they had to talk him round because he was trying to sell Etu. And I don't think it was just, I don't think it was just about Etu's attitude. It was about, I don't think Pep actually got a lot of the movements that Etu was making. Mm. I don't think he got it. And I don't mean that from a kind of, I don't, that don't even just mean like Pep and Etu clashed because of personality. It was almost like, there's a lot of things that Etu does. It's like when you hear a rapper and they're rhyming, you think it's off time, but it's actually on time right? You think mm. they're offbeat, but they're actually onbeat. And Pep is like a, an elite choreographer who's like, oh, that person's dancing he needs to hear they're it. rapping offbeat. He and, needs you're like, to, no, yeah. no. and you're like, Pep, you're wrong. What they're doing is like, it's syncopated. Same with Romario was the same thing. And people look at them, they can't work it out. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, actually, do you know what? That player, it looks like chaos, but it's extremely well controlled. It's really interesting you said that thing about syncopation because Pep is almost like, have you ever heard of the shepherd tone? Mm-mm. No, 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 no. It's essentially like an audio illusion, right? It's a musical technique. You essentially layer the same tones on top of each other, but an octave apart. And then the lower yeah. tone starts to fade as the other one picks up and it creates this kind of illusion of continuous increasing in right, pitch. Right, oh, wow, right, wow, wow. wow. Zimmer used it really famously on Dunkirk. Oh, wow. One of my favorite films. That's kind of like Pep's management style. There's no boom bat. No. No, none, none. It- None. It's all just like continuous, right? When this one goes down, the other one comes in. And- yes, yes. So you can totally see yes. why he would- But that's the same. Can you imagine Pep as a DJ? It, I'd love to see Pep as a DJ because the, the mix would be, af- it would have to be perfect, man. It literally have to come in perfect. Everything. It might otherwise- be too clean though. It might be too clean. I actually imagine Pep is like a, 
a modern minimal electronic composer who would sit down and he'd do gigs in churches and he'd sit down <laughs> with a load of gear and it'd just be like mm-hmm. <laughs> what Premier League manager could be a, a DJ bro what Premier League man I think um, oh have we not had this Kl- Klopp man the way Klopp can bring it in and then when Klopp goes can you imagine Klopp's arms when he when the when the be- when the beat hits Klopp's killing that crowd, bro. I reckon, it's the dark, hits, I reckon it's the dark. No, I reckon it's the dark horses. Thomas Frank. Frank. Thomas Frank. It's true. Thomas. I reckon Frank. Thomas Frank has got like a deep, deep old school Chicago house. <laughs> wow. Do you know, I reckon Graham Potter might be as well. You know. You know something. He seems you, like he yeah. could be a scientist you know, because it's the dark horses. It's, it's, it's never the ones mm. you think are the most demonstrative. Because I, I can look. I can imagine Klopp being a hype man and being like doing the David Guetta thing. But an actual DJ in terms of the profile of these people. Think of the people that are just a bit left field and a bit like, oh my God, you know, you say that. Yeah. Bastard. Graham yeah, Potter hundred yeah, yeah. percent listens to NTS. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. There you go. You see it. You, right? you, 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 you see, see that moves. I remember <laughs> Tim, Tim Flowers, when we was at England, I remember, you know, you just, you know, when you're in England, sometimes you pop into someone's room and that. And I always had a cool vibe with Tim Flowers. He always got on, went to his room, like just, you know, me as he just passed, went to his room, said that the man had a reggae collection like you could not believe, bro. No. Tim Flowers' reggae collection was fucking David Rodigan-esque. Oh my God, that's even a DJ wow. name in itself. I, I'm not joking, right? Oh my right? God. He, t- Tim Flowers, when it came to reggae, everything. Oh Unbelievable. No way. Unbelievable. incredible. It was like, honestly, went to another, and you know what? When you see Tim Flowers, and if, especially at the time, when you see, even the way sometimes Tim Flowers was walking, I say, that man's listening to reggae, bro. <laughs> to reggae, bro. Tim Flowers has got the swag. And then when I heard it, I said, That's incredible. Tim, Tim Flowers incredible. had an unbelievable reggae selection. Do you know what I love about that? Selection. The idea that like some of that could just be, it's always the quiet ones that could just come in and just kill you in a sound clash. Yes. And like, the loudest one in the dressing room would be like, yeah, play this, play that. And then just Flowers just like sitting there smiling. Comes going, in and but, one day, Yeah, man. You just comes one in day. Just, oh my God. Breaks everything <laughs> down. That's incredible. <laughs> I was just thinking of this that story that Olivier Dacor, like when he was playing, was at Roma and he's, him and Fabio Capello used to go and visit museums together and Roma were like traveling and stuff. And I was like, mm. there's those, those, those footballers that have that like, yeah. you know, when footballers are curious, the curiosity is endless because you have the time and the money to actually fully indulge a passion mm. to a really interesting degree. I'm always so fascinated to hear about players like curiosities because when, oh, when athletes, when athletes geek out, they really, really geek out. Oh my God, I've got to tell you, like, it's like Glenn Helder. We might have been um, Norway. We were Norway. And obviously not long came and this and that. And then there was, there was like a band left their stuff up on the, on the stage. And, you know, we was in there in the room because we, we was eating in there and all that sort of stuff. And then Glenn Helder went up onto, <laughs> went up onto the stage. And then he kind of just sat in the drum bit and then, fuck me, man. He went into a drum set, right? That was, it was elite. Oh my God. <laughs> Ask anybody. He could literally play, he could play piano, everything. He wow. went into, he went into a drum set that was like, you know, you know, when people literally their jaws hit the ground, it was professional. Oh my God. Glenn Helder oh, played this fucking drum kit. I was, I was like, it, you literally, you know, because we're footballers and we don't know yeah. what people are doing. Like you say, Moose, people don't, you don't know what people do. You don't know what Tim Flowers with his reggae collection. Glenn Helder, obviously he's literally signed like a week before. We don't know anything about him. 
all of a sudden he goes up and then we're like, way, good, way. And then he goes, just to like, so any footballers listening to this, like, if you want to come and talk about your, your, your geeky in, and allies, call it the geek yeah. athlete section, you know, please. Come uh, in, man. Yeah. Come in, man. <laughs> Be Someone's going to steal that concept. Someone's going to steal that. Do you know what? We should, do you know what I want to do? I want to do a, a series of sick, secret mixtapes and they're all done by footballers, but there's no name to them. Oh man, I'm going to put that out. I know, I know the first one Ryan's going to hit up. I know the first person Ryan's going to hit up for that. Who are you going to hit up, Ryan? Hector. Of course. Of course, Hector Bellerin. There you go. The secret, secret footballer DJ mixes. DJ mixes, bro. Flowers time. Flowers, yes. man. So I'm just going to read you some stuff. Okay, go on. 117 MLS goals, mm-hmm. two golden boot winners, two MLS best 11s, mm-hmm. two MLS all-star appearances, MLS comeback player of the year award. Wow, that's amazing. Award. Sixth on the all-time MLS goals list. And he used to eat bubbles in your bath. He used to eat bubbles, Bradley. <laughs> Bradley Wright Phillips. He said, um, it's funny because I got the call, um, I don't know, three, four months ago. And he said, dad, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm just going to, that's, I'm done. I'm done. I think I've, and I said, listen, man, you, what can I say? You've done brilliantly, man. I'm proud of you. That guy had it so tough when he was in England trying to get through and, and he was trying as well to find himself and the kind of player he was going to be. And it just, it just kept not happening. So he stuck with, with the city, you know, they really liked him. Keegan, you know, he scored, he done his stuff. I think it was a Middlesbrough, I think he scored against. And just couldn't happen. Then Southampton, and it just, it just weren't happening. And he never lost faith in the fact that I can score goals, I can score goals. And even when he went to New York, it was only Thierry kind of like made them stick with him. Mm-hmm. We owe Thierry, yeah, we owe, we owe Thierry a massive, um, a massive bunch of flowers as well. Simply because there was a time where Bradley went there and. Thierry saw what he was capable of in the way he played and how he linked and knew that he had the experience of playing here. And what he was doing in America was okay, but he just needed time. Mm. Thierry got him the time. So, you know, that's why Brad, honestly, you'll never hear a bad word said because like Thierry made sure that he stayed and then everything what he went on to do is because they had had the faith in him. And he's the one even the other day telling me about Jesse Marsh. And how he thinks he's going to do well here because the players are going to love him. Um, he's very good in uh, he's very good in on the training field and stuff like that. But in respect of Brad, to to, to see him go there and achieve that, honestly, I can't even you know I can't tell you how it feels. Simply because he had a lot of pressure. He had pressure from me, pressure from his brother. You know what I mean, Sean? And and you know it was tough for him because he kind of lost his way here. So he had to go over there and, you know, get himself going. And like I say, it was touch and go. Then mm. they done it. And I, you, you, you know, you mentioned there as well, um, when he used to eat the bubbles out of the bath. <laughs> I, remember the, the, um, I remember the story very well because, you know, I, I was getting ready for my palace trial and I was in the bath and I was just, you know, I needed someone to talk to. I think I can't remember where I've done this, but I, I, I said it somewhere. And I needed someone to talk to, but there, oh, there wasn't anyone. And I remember I was getting the bath and I just started speaking to, Brad, to Bradley, who must have been 18 months, 17, 18 months in the bath, just doing what he's doing. And I had to keep, like you said, I had to keep stopping him from eating the bubbles off his hand in the bath, right? <laughs> but I was, kept, I was talking to him 
and telling him what I want to try and do with this chance what I'm getting at Palace. Wow. That was it. And you wow. know, he was, yeah. That, so, so, you know, like you're talking to him, like, this is it, you know, because like, told him like the Brighton and all the rejection when I was young and I just want to play. I want to play, but what I want to do more than anything else is make sure that you and Sean are okay. And you know what I mean? Yes, it'd be great if I could be a footballer, but you know, I've had so many trials before. This is how I'm talking to him. I've had so many trials and he's just before. Like, I've never, ah, and I'm saying, don't, no, 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 don't eat that. Don't eat. <laughs> Honestly, how is the, the week before your trial at Palace? Yeah. That is a movie in itself. <laughs> that's the moment. That's the it's story. Movie scene, that's isn't the, it? Yeah. That's everything because, started. To, yeah. That's the balance. Sorry to, sorry to me, but that's like the fatherhood. No, no. That's the transition. And that's like, there are, I was watching this podcast the other day about like, you know, people that make and people that don't. Um, it was LeBron James, The Shop, season mm. five. Mm. And someone said, look, if everyone did this, there'd be 200 LeBron Jameses out there, but there aren't. There are, and you know, like Lamar Jackson, NFL player, mm. like people in his family, amazing NFL players, amazing football players, didn't make it to the NFL. It's like, there's, for every Ian Wright that sat in the bath talking to this 18 month year old, there's a thousand others that sat in the same bath having the same kind of chat or the same kind of space. And they were like, and it didn't happen that week. Mm. Or the desire didn't come or the thing didn't come or the doubt came and it was just too much. And they went back to, and they're, you know, they're, they're living perfectly happy lives and they're scoring goals for Billy Ricky or whatever, like, and they're doing mm. really well. But there's a moment because they're like, ah, that's the story, man. You think so, miss? Yeah, but dude, was, I mean, um, I, I, look, I'm, I don't know many things, but I know a story when I see one and that's unreal. You know what's really real about it? Because even though you see him now, see him with his own son, Ryan, uh, my grandson, um, and it's beautiful to see him sometimes, like, you know, just seeing him pull Ryan to the side and speak. I'm so proud of what he's turned into. Seeing him pull him to the side and, and, and put him straight and let him know what's going on. Mm. Again, you know, they, they, him and Sean, they're, they're two different characters to me. I can't be more proud of them as men. For him to, like I say, to go there and, and, and get the success that he got. And now he's retired. And like, obviously he's going to be, he's, gonna, he's going there now, he's shadowing the... But yeah. he's got the one day contract, hasn't he? So he's, he's going to play one, one day more contract. game to retire as a Red Bull. Yeah. So that'd be really cool. Amazing. You know what I mean? I'm so pleased and proud of him. You know, that's why I'm going to give him flowers simply because I know my journey was tough. His journey was, it was tough to get where he got. Yeah. So, and he made it, he done it, he did it. Can I just throw this as well, some flowers mm. in terms of his football style. So I was watching, you know, obviously prepping for this and just looking back over his career. And first of all, it's actually just really amazing that Thierry Henry played up front with a right. Mm. That's <laughs> pretty incredible. As a story, and what was the way they combined was fascinating. Yeah. Um, mm. And the way that he moved, like what I love about his finishing, me and my friends talk about this a lot. Like when we were you know, still playing, I was, I was like, it's all about no preamble, no backlift and the efficiency of touch. It was, it was mm. such an efficient finisher. And the way that he found, they, they talk about a lot in, in basketball, like separation, you know, mm. before he got a shot off, the amount of times in a crowded penalty area, he would be in two or three yards of space. I think actually in later part of his career when he's over in LA and he scores a couple of goals, very similar, he hooks these volleys in. Mm. And both times he's near his man when the ball comes in and then a split second later, he's like four or five feet away. And just that ability mm. to like be there be like on the toe of the defender and then just like spin off them like time and again, just absolutely. And always finding, and like what I love about watching him, his highlights was you'd watch him and you see him go through on goal and he'd be like in your head, you know, as, as someone that's played obviously strike at a very basic, embarrassing Sunday league level, <laughs> you're, you, when you're watching anyone in a highlight film, you're thinking, okay, pick that corner. 
and he always picks the right corner. Mm. Like, does that make sense? Like always finds the right a lot right of volleys angle. as well. A lot of controlled yeah. volleys. Yeah. There's a goal he scores actually. And I think it's one of my favourite goals of his. It's in the MLS All-Star game against Bayern in 2014. When, and this is a, right, this is a Bayern squad that has, I've got the lineup up. So Neuer came on for the last half hour. Mm. But Rafini was there, Javi Martinez, David Alaba, Hoybier, Sebastian Roda was still there. Juan Bernat was left back. Pizarro, Shakiri, Lewandowski mm. was up front. Jesus Christ. Dante was still there and came on. Jerome Boateng came on. Philip Lahm came on. <laughs> Ian Robin came on. Mario Goetze came on. Schweinsteiger came on. Jesus Christ. Thomas Muller came on. Pep was manager. And the MLS All-Stars won 2-1. And I think he scored a brilliant goal in that He game. got the equaliser. Lewandowski mm. put him ahead. But it was this, there's this amazing thing where the ball breaks to him and he's running and he's quite far out and he yeah. hits it left foot. And David Alaba is like chasing him down and can't get near him. And I was like, few people scored that kind of goal against the Bayern Munich side. Mm. Yeah. No matter if they've rotated or it's essentially, quote unquote, a friendly for them. But still, I was just like... Not a huge amount of people have made Alaba scramble over the years. No, you know I, w- I watched that goal. It, you know, it's the kind of goal that you can't you can't help but get emotional when you see that because you got to understand that from his point of view, he would love to have been obviously he would love to have played the Premier League for longer and done stuff and play against that caliber of of opposition in your in your lifetime and stuff like that. And so you got to understand that you probably. You're playing in the MLS like all-star team against the Bayern Munich. And when you mention those names, the greats, they're greats. Yeah. Right. So for him to score a goal of that, that nature against a team like that will be so satisfying for him. I can't even tell you what that would have European meant to world him. Champions. Unbelievable that would have been for him because it would have answered a lot of questions for him because he's able to do it at that stage of his career against a, that kind of caliber of opposition where if things were a little bit different, it could, things might have been different, but at least he was able to, in his own mind, justify the fact that, yeah, I did that. I, I did had the that. Goods. I had the goods. I had the goods. Because that's what, that's what it came down to with all, with all of us. You know, you, you, at some stage, Sean could say, I, lo- I could say, Bradley could say, fingers crossed my grandpa's grandson could say, it, is that we, we got to a place where we had the goods. We, we, we had the goods. That's all you can do. We had the goods. Oh, do you know what I love about this? It's like me thinking, I was, again, this is the Bron James podcast. I'm obsessed with it. And watching him talk about statistics and like whatever, but you realise actually it's the moments when people are, the thing that gets athletes really excited is not talking necessarily about, oh, I scored, you know, that record goal. This is that. It's the specific moment where you were up against an elite opponent Mm, and you outthought them. You outthought them in real time. You found a solution because when you're sitting at the barbecue with your grandkids or when you're like sitting with an old rival, you know, like God mm-hmm. knows, you know, Messi and Ramos every now and again, they might have that little chat where it's like, do you know what, yes, that game. Man. It's yeah. that, those interactions mm-hmm. are the ones yeah. that make it because almost no one in the world, right, you know, to play elite sport is one thing. Like so few people play elite sport, elite football. And of all of those people, how many that even play elite football get to have their their moment like that, Ryan, mm. get to outpace mm-hmm. David Alaba. I have a huge amount of respect for players who, especially ones who are essentially like highly tipped or like you, I think Bradley and Sean, like you said, Ian, like had it hard because of who, who their dad was. You know? Yeah. yeah. But I always have a huge amount of respect for players who take a decision at one point to kind of let that without sounding too dramatic, but let that part of the dream go 
mm. and do it somewhere else that maybe mm. doesn't seem too traditional. But actually, mm. in terms of culturally, they had more of an impact. Mm. Like Gignac going to Tigres, just mm. bouncing I out of Marseille it, in 2015 so and just going to Ligue MX and you're like, what? <laughs> and that's a similar thing when players move early to leagues that probably get disrespected if we're being honest for various reasons but you know that's a beautiful do you know right it's a journey the particular journey yeah you know that that that, that poem the road less traveled that famous poem the road less traveled and like there's what everyone does but there's what you do and you you're sort of seeking a happiness and a fulfillment and you look at certain people certain footballers and this is what you know juan veron going back to estudiantes like and winning the libertadores with them mm because his dad had won it and it was like the unfinished business. And now I think he's still mm. president. I'm not sure, but like there's something beautiful Ian about, you know, football, the reason why it's so appealing to me and addictive to me in a sense, in a healthy way is that every time you watch a game or watch a team you've never seen before, there's a whole new journey there. There's like 11 mm. journeys on each team. Mm. Yeah. And, and within that, within each dressing room, you'll have someone who made a choice like Ryan's describing it. And mm-hmm. the reason why that, that resonates with me so powerfully is I think on a, on a personal level is it's like coming to Germany, right? Things weren't really like, you know, in terms of what I wanted creative, they weren't really working out. I just came to Germany and made a new life and it transformed mm. my life. And I will always respect people that go and they kind of gamble yeah. Yeah, because your, 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 your son could have, he could have stayed in the UK mm and bounced around like certain clubs and never quite got it going. But you look at his goal score record when he arrives in the US and like the consistency and the way he's regarded and it just like mm. took off for him. Yeah. I think the, 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 the biggest compliment, which sounds probably slightly disrespectful to the pair of them, but I, I mean it in a good way, is like the biggest compliment to Sean, but I also think to Bradley specifically because of the career path he took and how much of an impact he had in MLS is that they are known for what they did and not just for being your yeah. boys. Yeah. In their own and I think right, that was yeah. extremely yeah. difficult for them to do. Was, yeah. And I think both of them did it in their own way. And I think with Bradley, especially the impact that he had on MLS and, you know, how important he is to that franchise, mm. the fact that he's going to be working there post-retirement, I think says it all. And like, yeah. that's such a brave thing to do at that time. You know, when you're 27, mm. 28 years old, that's a big decision. And uh, he absolutely made it work. And, yeah, fair play. And to Powers. be asked back, not everyone gets asked back. Yeah. Not everyone gets yes. asked back that old club. I barely yeah. get asked back on fucking Wrighty's house unless someone drops <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> <Let> alone being... <laughs> it's so, you know something, just to finish it, it's just like, I just remember the both of them when they were younger. Cause what I used to do to them um, is that before they could come into, like we'd be playing out, before they could come in so as they could come in, um, have dinner, do their bath, have their bath, do their stuff, they used to have to do at least 50 keepy-ups before wow. they came in the house. So when they were eight and nines and all that sort of stuff, 50, at least 50, at least. This, sorry, this guy bangs on about how much of a disciplinarian George Graham was. He's just like, 50 <laughs> fucking pickups before dinner. <laughs> no wonder they loved each other. It. They loved because each other. Because what was, you know what I mean? I used to get, get them both in. I used to say I'd be counting. And then what I would do, because I count and then, you know what I mean? You'd see their faces like fucking contort with, with like, <laughs> with like concentration. And so I'd count, you get, so you go one, two, so, and I'd make them have to do it individually. One, two, three, four. So I get into 24, 17. And then you see them go, no, no. <laughs> so it's 18, the troll 19, level. The 19, troll 20, level. 20, 21. Tw- then I'd get to 30, 34, 35, 36. 
27, 28. And they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> See, poor boys <laughs> into these 350 kickups just like, to get some That's the best about it. So sometimes if they dropped it at something like a, a, a 30 or 41 and I've gone back to 28 and they dropped, they said, I've done it. I did it. I did it. And they dropped the thing with Bradley, Bradley would be just like, no, no. But Sean would be like, oh, dad, you know. You're so funny. Sean's, <laughs> yeah, because Sean's like, dad, why are you messing with me? I said, start again. <laughs> and Bradley would be like, his face would be like, God, I, don't, I know I did it. I said, well, just do it. Are you going to count properly? Yes, I'll count properly. <laughs> but like, it was so much fun. So to see them, I'm not even joking. When they were younger, you watch them play. And they do stuff. They make movement. Sean running with the ball. Bradley's movement off of people and his link-up play when he's like nine and 10 and that. You think, wow, you see something, but it's your, ch- it's your, it's your child. Mm. And so you're thinking, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit too, leave it. But for them to both go on to do it, I can't explain how that would feel to people because watching them is the most nerve-wracking thing you're going to do. Somebody asked me the other day um, when, I was, when I was in New York about, what was it like watching them? And I said, it's stressful. Mm. So obviously. They play well, they score, and you're happy when the game's over. But then the next game comes, but I didn't feel the same when I played. I could deal with it myself because I was in control of it. But when you're out of control, sitting in the stand, listening to people moan and groan when the cross doesn't come in or the chance is missed, is what I would let people understand is terrifying. So for them to get through it, they've got through it and they've done this stuff. Mm. You know, I am so pleased. And now... A fucking grandson's gonna go and put me through it. <laughs> now again. you gotta do it again. So, you know, so <laughs> here we go again. Let here we go poor again. Man rest. <laughs> rest. <laughs> so, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to throw you out. Right, yeah. I'm yep, getting yep. some decorating done. Oh, yeah. Well, you get, you're getting kitchen liner as well. No. Should throw in another mention for that. Like, <laughs> oh, did, I that? did I mention I have my liner? Did I mention I have my lino done? Your did lino done. Lino. Yes. Did people still say lino? Yes, lino. Listen, we're old school. <laughs> <laughs> guys thank you very much man I'll see you soon much love man love man okay there you go thank you very much Mr. Ryan Hun and Musa Akwanga I've really enjoyed that today it's very therapeutic right his house for me i got to say to love again to everybody who I saw in New York you were great to maybe come back out there and see everybody again thanks for listening have a great week hope your team wins like mine did last week hopefully they win today oh gosh I'm, I'm rambling See you later.